Do you want to help support the show? Go to multipleworldproductions.com slash sponsors to see our full list of partners, including Gamefly, Russell Stover, NordVPN, Pete's Coffee, Brookstone, Dell, and Roxio. If you'd like to support the show in a more direct way, you can go to multipleworldproductions.com slash books to see the full list of my Kindle books and read them for free with Kindle Unlimited or buy them for your Kindle library for $2.99 each. Good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Backlog Files. Yes, that's the name of it. I am Adam, and if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's because we had a clusterfuck of a week, and we are trying to just keep everything kind of intact. Um, that said, I think that the watch list is going to go the wayside, because I don't have time to add an additional hour of television to the slate. I've also pulled from, uh, what's it called? From, uh, Beware of Spoilers, Brown Hobby, Gotham Knights anymore. I, I just, look, I have too much on my plate to have to sit through an hour a week of a TV show I do not particularly care for. Um, and it's not doing well in ratings to the point where someone else is gonna, you know, be interested in what I have to say regarding this show. Um, so we're just gonna pull that all together, um, because there are better uses of, uh, of time. Um... So what else have we got coming up? We are going. We are here to talk about um, a. I mean, I would say it was reasonably well known at the time. I think now maybe it's kind of fallen off a little bit, um, but it's not. You know, it's not an unknown quantity. I don't think. I think that people are familiar with um, what's it called with Lucasfilm or LucasArts's. Uh, theme Park Simulator game, Thrillville, and its sequel, which we're talking about today, Thrillville Off the Rails. Um, I think that this is a not misunderstood game. It is a kind of forgotten game. Um, because I think that, for whatever reason, the Theme Park Simulator game is I probably the most mainstream and most interesting and, and, and most, you know, most played of the simulator game. It's like that and maybe Zoo, or just General City Builder. But, like, in terms of mainstream appeal, I think the, the, this is kind of the widest-reaching sub-genre of business management, is the theme park simulator. To the point where it's like, when Two Point is doing that, they have Two Point Hospital and Two Point Campus. I'm surprised they didn't do Two Point Theme Park to lead off. Um, and right now there's Planet Coaster, there's a new Roller Coaster Tycoon, there are you know there are roller there are there you can you know you can't you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a uh, a roller coaster or a theme park simulator game on your phone. There are plenty of options on the table, um, and I think that this is a one of the better ones in the grand scheme of things. Um, I think that I remember originally I played this game on I think I played it on the PSP. Um, I I I know I had it on the PSP, um, but. I think I originally played it on PSP, and it, it basically takes the same kind of, you know, general idea of all of these other games. You're in a situation where you have to take a, a, a theme park, and you have to make it profitable. 
Um, this one is a little more story-driven where you are, and it, it does have a few other cool things. Um, number one, when you th talk about, like, say, theme theme, uh, theme park roller coaster or, um, or what was the other one? Roller Coaster Tycoon. You kind of have an omniscient role where you get kind of... It's very businessy. This is more RPG-y with systems involved that are like friendship systems where you can make friends with the, um, what's it called? We can make friends with the people who are there. Um, there are dating options for, for, you know, patrons of the park. You can do that kind of stuff. You can buy gifts. You can, you know, get money. There are side missions for walking around the park and collecting stuff. It's, it's you know, it's a lot more in-depth than um, just your standard um kind of theme park game where there, there's a lot more to do. Um, on top of that, I think every game in, in the game is entirely playable. And what I mean by that is all, like, the Midway games. Um, so it's like there is a, a kind of, like, um, a, like a top-down isometric shooter. There is mini-golf. There is, like, a, what's it called? Like, um, a strength test. There are all kinds of games like that that do also pad it out. Um, I think if I had a complaint, it's that unlike other theme park games that kind of give you the ability to kind of build whatever, control the layouts, this game doesn't give you that. This game, it is very much, you have set areas that you can put stuff in, and that's really it. You have to kind of work around that and, and deal with that. Um, if, you, if you want to move outside those areas, you can't. You're just kind of stuck. Um, and I think that is kind of a bit of a limitation that is unbecoming of this. But again, the situation is very different from what you would normally get in a game. Like, the game is so different in key other ways that it does kind of even out in a weird way. It, it becomes less about building the theme park of your dreams and more about taking the theme park as it is and, and turning it into what you can with the abilities, you know, there. And then also living that reality. Um, and I think that that is kind of something that, that, you know, maybe had they made a third, it would have been explored a little bit more, but unfortunately they didn't. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the most, you know, the, the only drawback. I think that, like, and I think, too, it's like putting so much of the game behind these weird mini-games that go into park upkeep, I don't think that's necessarily needed 100%, I think you can, you know, you can kind of move beyond that, um, especially considering when you play it on PC, which is probably the only way you can play it now without having to find a retro console and a retro, you know, and everything for it, it does get a little annoying, and, and the controls are a little particular, and, and keep in mind, I was playing on gamepad, I don't really play point and or mouse and keyboard, I do tend to use gamepad, um, like yesterday I was playing, what was the game I was playing yesterday? I was playing Minecraft on my computer, and I was playing, um, I don't play keyboard and mouse, I play gamepad. Um, and I think that that is, it, it, like, especially the, the cleanup one, it's very wonky at times, where it's like, you have to be particular, you have to be, you know, pointed directly at it, and there are a number of things that don't always work, and it's like, alright, this is just, it's more tedious than it is fun, and it's like, if you're gonna make a mini game like this that's going to dictate as much time as it does make it more fun than tedious. Um, especially when you're going to tie mission completion to that. Um, but I think that, again, going into the missions, which is something we didn't address yet, I don't know why I said again, when you have the missions, I think the missions do a great job of 
giving you something, uh, a satisfying gameplay loop to explore all facets of the game, because it does give you something to do besides just um, do focus entirely on one part. And it does create, especially early in the game, a, the ability to look at everything and, and really design it that way. Um, I guess, again, wish that there were more options for uh, how you lay out the part. Uh, and that is kind of a, an interesting thing, too. Um, but I think that is a good place to wrap up. I think that this game is kind of solid, especially if you consider how old it is. I think it came out in 2007. Um, and I think that it is kind. Of, it is worth your time to play if you haven't played it already. Especially at $10, if you take into consideration um, you know, how much other games in the genre cost. Um, and you have, you know, tons of things to do. Um in this game. It's just, you know, it is a, um, it is kind of fun. Um, oh, and one final thing. It's only $9.99 on Steam, if you pick it up. Um, the graphics are upscaled, especially if you're playing on a modern computer. The, the issue with this is, if you upscale the graphics, they can look very weird, because it's not like the rest of it's upscaled to match. Um, so it creates this kind of weird, um, sense that the, the, the game is a little bit different. Um, if you change the settings to lower your graphics to, like, the lowest, second lowest option, it'll bring it back to looking like the PS2. Uh, and that'll make the game a little more tolerable and a lot less weird if you play it. If you put it to max, it, it is just a, a nightmare of a game. Uh, not in terms of, you know, performance, in terms of just it does not look good. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, we'll wrap up there for today. Our next episode that we have scheduled is on, if the calendar wants to load, um, next week we will be doing Before We Leave, um, which is another simulator game. I promise we'll get out of simulator soon. We will get out of simulator soon. If you want to hear about new release games, you can head on over to Beware of Spoilers this week. I talked about, um, what was it called, at length. I talked about Tron Identity, the uh, the game from Bithle Games, about, uh, you know, Tron. Um, well, not Tron. We'll, we'll talk about it there. We'll talk about it there. Um, and uh, next week we'll be doing, um, what's on my schedule for next? I have a game on the schedule for next week, I feel like. Um, Backrooms Exploration, I have to get into a little bit. Yeah, and I just keep playing Minecraft. But... Until then, have a great rest of your week. This podcast is a production of Multiple World Productions. For more details about all the other things happening on all three podcasts, check out multipleworldproductions.com.